Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Well, hello, everybody. It's Mark, just me, on the 90210 show. No Carol uh, this time. Because I'm here to tell you that back in 1994, we began watching, well, Carol began watching the 90210 show. And we talked about a few episodes at the end of season four. And now we are here to present you those episodes again. For those of you that missed it, it was on the regular the regular show, Massive Late Fee, which you can hear every week. <laughs> we, we did uh, some 90210 shows. I believe we did, I want to say like seven episodes towards the end of the season, six, seven episodes towards the end of the season. Those will all be presented here uh, today uh, as separate episodes, but they're all coming out at the same time. There are no real intros to the show, which is why we're recording this, to kind of let you know what's going on. Next week, we'll be back with the season premiere of Season 5, and we will continue our 90210 journey. But we wanted to kind of restore and preserve these episodes. As you'll hear, at first, it was just Carol talking about the show and sort of describing it to me. Then as we went along, we got more and more into it, which is why we started, ended up doing the show as a a separate thing. Uh, So here they are and enjoy. This week I watched, um, we watched together 90210. Our continuing series on 90210. Yeah. This episode's called Vital Signs. And um, it starts out with Andrea having this nightmare where she can't find her baby. And the baby's just crying and she's wandering around. And Okay, so then she wakes up because she has an alarm set to take a pill. Who does that? That's that's awful. Oh. I guess she has to take them every four hours. That's awful. That's what she said in the episode. That seems like, like sleep deprivation torture. Um, Probably really good when you're, uh, you know, having a at-risk pregnancy, too. Right. Um, so, okay. She's supposed to be on bed rest, right? Yeah, that's what they said last episode. She gets up out of bed and comes and talks to Jesse. Like, stay in bed, you whiny bitch. I don't know why she keeps getting up. All right, so Jesse's working on building the crib, and she's like, well, you've got a week to finish that, but your midterms are now. How do you know? You don't know how long you have to finish a crib. Like, babies can come at any point. That's true, but also, does it matter? The, the crib doesn't need to be done even when the baby, you know, arrives home. Yes, it Necessarily. Does. Where are they going to put the baby? Well, they, they could buy, a, they could buy like, a pre-made bassinet or, or something like that. They're two broke college students. They don't have money to buy another one. Well, just put the baby on the bed. Oh, my God. What? You can't put babies on beds? No, not to sleep. No, I mean, you could roll over them and, and smother them. I didn't say sleep with the baby. And the baby could roll. Well, I guess the baby doesn't roll when it first is born. I don't know. Anyway. You just put the baby in the middle of the bed and you just go do whatever you have to do for the day. I, I don't think that's how it works. Well, we're probably not ready to have kids. <laughs> no, we're not. So, okay, so in the episode, it's Mother's Day. Speaking of Mother's Day, did you do anything this weekend for your mother? Yeah, I got her a card and took her out to dinner. Aw, that's nice. Pretty simple. Yeah, my mom and I had brunch at Hudson's. Okay. You know, and we got to sit in that little thing where you can, like, look over the edge and see people walking around the mall. Yeah, that's that's nice. I love it. Okay. Did you get a popover? I did. Those are good. You know I love popovers. 
Um, okay. So, Erica, Dylan's little sister, comes running in his bedroom when he's in, asleep in bed with Kelly. Oh, this is the this is the little kid with the face of a 60-year-old woman. <laughs> she does have a weird face. She does. <laughs> she looks she looks like a 60-year-old on a 10-year-old's body. Right. But I mean, you don't run in somebody's bedroom like that. Like Kelly even says like we could have been making love. And, yeah. You know. But she's all upset because she thinks that she heard her mom and her stepdad, are they married now or just engaged? I think they're engaged. Yeah. Yeah, Geraldo Rivera. Right. And her stepmom or her mom. Talking about um, moving to, she thinks, South America. Right. Brazil. Right. So. Um, she doesn't say that. No, but. she says South America. So she gets Dylan out there and, and get this, she informs him that her mom and the other guy are in the living room. Yeah, they've just come into the house. They just let themselves in. Who does that? I don't know. I mean that that's the, I mean they're not even related. Yeah, the relationship is tenuous at best, I guess. Right. She was with his dad and then she had a child with with his dad. Yeah. But they weren't married or anything. She was never like his stepmom. Right. So this is his half sister. It's awesome he's having a relationship with his half sister. I, I commend him and the mom for making that happen. But yeah. You don't just walk in somebody's house when they're sleeping. And then um, Brandon's getting all freaked out because he... You don't want to resolve the South America thing? Oh, I'm thing? sorry. I'm sorry. So, yeah. Just so... going to skip by that. <laughs> so Dylan uh, flat out asks them, hey, you know, I heard a rumor you're moving to South America. And they're like, well, no, we might move to the Southwest. Right. Cause, the you know... Southwest of America. Right. That sounds the same. Which... Isn't California the southwest? No. Calif- I mean, I know it's the west. But... California's the west coast. But, I mean, if they... Don't ever let a Californian here call it southwest. What's the difference, though? I mean, really? Uh, well, okay, so in California, there's beaches and palm trees and, you know, the yeah, no, actual I, I... grass. And in the southwest, <laughs> there is desert and rock and mountains. There are mountains that separate the southwest from the west. Oh, okay. We'll see that out. The Sierra Nevada mountains. Thank you. There's the answer to my question. There, it depends on what side of the Sierra Nevada mountains they're on. Then. Right. Uh, California is technically a valley, which is why there's so so much smog. Okay. So anyways, they're, they're talking about maybe moving to Arizona. Correct. Which, depending on where they live, where is Beverly Hills? See, I don't know how far away these... I don't. Beverly Hills is in... I think it's in... Beverly Hills County. I, I don't think it's Orange County. I think it's I think Beverly Hills has its own county. It's near Los Angeles. It's okay. basically a posh suburb of Los Angeles. So, like, how far away is Arizona from there? Well, Arizona's a big state. Depends on where you are. But right. if you're in north, if you're in the northwest part of Arizona, the part that's by Nevada, it's probably around a four or five hour drive. So, okay. yeah, that's, that's a decent, I mean, even yeah. any even any place in Arizona is going to be, you know, five, six hours. Not much more than that. So, like, they could still see each other, but it would be hard. Yeah, they could definitely come, you know, on weekends, things like that. Right. You can get flights, too, from Arizona right. to... The, the flights are, like, an hour, you know, or something like that. Not very long flights. Back to Brandon now. He is all excited because he's supposed to be going on this trip to D.C. where he gets to meet the president and one of the delegates for the chancellor. 
Right. President Clinton, uh, presumably. If it's the real-life president. But there's this weirdness going on through the whole episode with him and the Chancellor, where the Chancellor is super busy and keeps blowing him off, and the Secretary keeps not letting him see him. Correct. And um, his name was left out of the program where the list of the delegates going were, and then he didn't get his airline tickets. Correct. Well, remember last episode when he talked to the Chancellor about his daughter, Clarice, or whatever it is. Claire. <laughs> that she basically laughed in his face and said he was screwed. So this is apparently yeah. the fruition of that. that. That's what it would seem. So, okay, now we're back. I, I took notes here, people. I took actual notes, so I, I, I'm going to be... That's why it sounds like she's lurching from one thing to another. Because it's what the show does. So, okay, so with um, Andrea, she goes to the doctor and says that they tell her that she has excessive amniotic fluid and that, I guess, the pills aren't working, she's dilated more, and, and they want to admit her to the hospital. Why don't they just drain the fluid? I, I don't think it works like that. You can't just, like, put a keg, <laughs> like a like a tap I, up I, there, and just drain some amniotic fluid out, and it's like, oh, levels are good enough. Yeah, no. Oh, all right. Now, she mentions, though, this is another thing that bothers me. They were supposed to start Lamaze class that night. Bed rest. What happened to bed rest? That's a good point. I didn't even catch that. I mean, it's like she was hell-bent on not resting. Okay, I'll skip ahead. I'll, we can finish Andrea, and then we'll go back. If that's what you want to do. I mean, they, they go to the doctor, and the doctor tells her that she, the amniotic fluid thing, and that she needs to be admitted to the hospital. Right. And because the baby's probably going to be premature. So then she's, you know, blaming herself. Like I think most women do when she should. She shouldn't have gotten pregnant when she was fifty years old. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were gonna say when she was, you know, in college. But sure. (laughs) And um, Jesse did finish the crib, so they're talking about, oh, we're gonna bring our baby home to the crib. Well, in the end, um, they're talking about doing an amniocentesis and yeah, they want to check for birth defects, right? Because the baby's almost here, so might as well see. What are they going to do? Are they right. going to get an abortion? Yeah, it doesn't She's make 27 sense. weeks pregnant. I don't know all the laws about abortions, but I'm pretty sure, even in liberal California, that 27 weeks is too late. Yes. So, why? And they, he doesn't even explain why. He just says, oh, we're going to do an amnio. And they ask why. Right. And then he tells them. And they're like, well, no, we're not going to do that. Did they say they weren't going to do it? I thought they just said, um, you know, we're not going to think about it. I think she just said, yeah, we don't care if if there's birth defects. Okay. Yeah, like, seriously, it's just more things to worry about. So, okay, so then she, um, Donna comes to see her and brings her some book about, like, white light and positive thinking and, you know, it's all new agey shit. Oh, God, yeah, I hate those things. And tells her to visualize pink around the baby because that's love and the baby will know it's wanted and it just made me want to gag. But then Andrea has a dream where she finds her baby that she couldn't find before and it's surrounded in pink light. Yeah, and she's holding it in her hands (laughs) and the baby is... Baby looks like a normal baby in, you know, the, the coloration and the face and everything, but it would ha- it looks like a 
uh, like a Lego person or something. Like, yeah. it, it'd be that size in her giant hands. <laughs> or maybe it's God's hands. I don't know. It looks That will bizarre. come up. God's hands will come up later. This is true? In this episode. The hand of God. Um, okay. So she ends up, of course, before the episode is over, going into labor. And that's how it ends is that she's going into labor and just freaking out. Yeah. And saying, no, this isn't supposed to happen. And... In the most ridiculous, over-the-top, no, I can't, no. I just, it was terrible. It was, I know you cried, but it I was. I didn't cry. I got a little teary. I did not but cry. But it was the most overwrought, ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. It was a little over-the-top, I guess. And it was horribly acted. But it's just mean to be like, oh my god. So, okay. <laughs> is it? Is it mean to be like, oh my god. <laughs> when she is going through something traumatic and, and she's free young, you're making fun of her. But here's the thing. She's not. She's acting in a TV show <laughs> like she's going through it. And the suspension of disbelief of a TV show is, if you do a really good job, you think to yourself... This person is really going through this thing. And then you form an emotional connection. Like I did. And then things like that can actually affect your emotions. But when it's so badly acted and so over the top, it's just a constant reminder of you, like a fist against the back of your head. This is just an actress, just playing a role. That's why I didn't emotionally connect with it at all. Sure, the the situation is a dramatic situation, that could, you know, make you feel things, but you have to actually perform it well in order for that to happen. Okay. I I I I wonder then why did I form the emotional connection? Because your standards are much lower. Well, I am dating you. Yeah, I knew I knew that I was setting you up for that. <laughs> Alright. Um Yeah, not for long with all your flirting on the internet. Oh, come on. I don't do it. I'm just saying I don't think it's cheating. I think you're wrong. So, seriously, like, you think, like, people should break up because they're flirting on the internet with people they don't even know. I think if you're flirting with other people on the internet, that it's a symptom of something more wrong with the relationship. Hmm. That's my opinion. I guess. Um, okay, so now we're going to move into the play, which was the main topic of, like, the last two episodes. And given almost no screen time in this episode. Yeah. Um, we never see her act in it. No. We get to see the standing ovations, though. I mean, it's, yeah. it's obvious she's doing a great job. Steve won't go see the play because he feels like that's a betrayal to Laura somehow. Steve has absolutely nothing. First of all, where is Laura? I bet we never see her again because she went to a sanitarium or something. In Fresno. No, remember, he was packing up her things. To send back to Fresno, because her parents asked him to do that for no, them. I forgot. And they said this is not the first time she tried to kill herself, so she's going to be under someone's care for quite a while. Yeah. So, Steve didn't have anything to do in this episode, really. Right. And apparently, the writers hate Ian Searing as much as we do. Or as much as I do, anyway. So, they were like, what's the, what's the thing that we could do when he really doesn't have anything to do that makes him look most like a dick? Because that's apparently the question they always ask when they write anything for this <laughs> character. 
So they're like, okay, well, let's just say he refuses to go see Brenda in the play. But we'll make it out of guilt. The, he has two... Ian, Ian Ziering's character, what's his name? Steve? Steve, yeah. Steve has two modes. Complete asshole or uh, complete moping, feel, feel sorry for myself dick. Yeah. Those are the two modes of his character. Apparently those are the only thing the writers know how to write for him. Yeah, and, and he's kind of a doormat. Yeah. He, I mean, he really does get... For all the you know shitty things he does to people, he still gets pushed around a lot. So Dylan... Well, let's back this up. Brenda gets a present before she goes out to perform the first night. Yes. Oh, yeah. And this is the actual meat of the story right yeah. here. And um, that director is so creepy, by the way. Yeah, he is. <laughs> well, you said he was good looking last, he last is. week. He's still good looking. I'm not saying he's ugly. I'm saying he's creepy. I why do you think he's good looking? I don't know. I just do. The long hair and the goatee? I, I guess. You can barely see his face. Well, maybe then I wouldn't think he was good looking if I could see his face. Whatever. Anyway, he's like lurking around. Like she's getting ready for the play. He's like, oh, I thought I was the only one who got here two hours early. And then he's all like hovering around her. Like he, he does that like close talk. He does. It seems like he's trying to seduce her all the time. I guess. I think he has one of those personalities. Yeah, and he's always kissing her on the on the forehead and the cheek, and uh, it's just weird. Well, the guy's actually a pretty good actor. One yeah. of the only good actors in this show. <laughs> but this present, he explains, is the patron saint of actors on a, on a necklace, and talking about how it's a it's a medal, it's a medallion. Yeah. It's so uh, Carol is not Catholic, so she doesn't know these. Things. This is true. I am not. But you know, uh, the patron saint of travelers is Saint Christopher. So sometimes people will hang a St. Christopher's medallion from their car. The, okay. the, the rear view mirror of their car. It's on a simple silver chain. It's a little silver medallion embossed or engraved with St. Christopher. This is St. Uh, August, August. I don't know. Something that starts with an A. I couldn't pronounce it, so I didn't even try to write it down. But that's the parent, this patron saint of actors, apparently. And, um... The, the director guy, like, he's like, that, that has to be from someone really special. And then she turns it over and you see it's from Dylan. Right. And she's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> she, that, is that is about the caliber of her acting. So um, then, you know, we see that she did a great job. She's getting the standing ovation. Dylan's with Kelly and his little sister and the little sister's mom. And we'll just call him dad to make life easier. Mom and dad. And he's going on and on about, oh, how great Brenda was. Didn't she do so great? And I, I don't know. I think uh, Kelly looked a little green. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's weird. Considering this child that looks like a, an old woman <laughs> and Andrea, who also looks like an old woman, I'm sure she's younger than she looks. I, did, they, did they do some of this casting in... Uh, like a nuclear facility where, <laughs> uh, you know, people had suffered radiation damage. What? I mean, no. I, you're being a little harsh, man. You're harsh in it. Okay. And then with um, the little the little girl, Erica, I guess the 60-year-old woman on a 10-year-old, whatever you want to call her. Correct. She's over with Brenda and some other people talking. She looks like she saw the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> Oh my god. That's what her face looks like. What is wrong with you? 
Well, I'm just saying. She's got a lot of freckles. She does. I mean... (laughs) That helps. (laughs) If only she had so many freckles that all you saw was red. Wow. Remind me never to get on your bad side. Just red and two eyes. Anyway... Um, Dylan... She, like, she had cataracts. Oh my god. Now, let me know when you're done, okay? Let me know. I'm just gonna sit back and drink my coffee. Crickets. Crickets, okay. Let's go. <laughs> um, he makes a comment that Erica always wanted a sister. Well, she's over there with Brenda. To right. Kelly. What is wrong with him? What? Like, is he trying to make her jealous? What are you talking about? Dylan. Repeat that again. Dylan says to Kelly. Right. While watching Erica. Oh, I'll have to drag her away from the party. You know, she's always wanted a sister. While she's over talking with Brenda and a bunch of people. Oh, I didn't pay full attention to this episode. I thought that, I thought that he was talking to Kelly. Basically saying to Kelly, hey, she wants a sisterly relationship with you. No. Okay. He was talking about how attached she was getting to Brenda. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense with the the way this episode went then. Yeah. And then there's a little scene where Brendan is... Brendan is stalking... Is his name Brendan or Brandon? Brandon. I don't know why I call him Brendan. Okay. Brandon. Brandon is stalking the Chancellor now. He is literally hanging out in the parking lot waiting for him to come to work so that he can cut him off before he gets to the office. That's just messed up. Well, he tried to talk to him at the play. Yes. Because he was at the play and... He's talking to a bunch of delegates, just people dressed in stereotypical, like, African robes and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know what the hell he does, or what CU, I'm guessing that stands for California University. I don't know. But anyway, I don't, uh, I don't know what they do or why he's talking to these people, why they have a delegate in Washington. I don't understand any of this, because it's just a college, I thought. Right. But... Yeah, Dylan tries, or Brendan, Brandon, Brang, <laughs> Brangden, what's his name? Brandon? Brandon. Brandon tries to chase him down, and he sort of looks at me, he's like, oh, your sister was really good in the play. And he's like, yeah, but I want to talk to, he's like, oh, I don't have time. I'll be swamped all this week, or whatever. And then, yeah, he says, oh, I'll see you tomorrow, and he stops, comes back, and says, I- I'll be very busy tomorrow, too. Yeah, very seriously, he says this. Yeah, so, I, I don't know. Um, it's not looking good for Brandon, but while he's there again, stalking the chancellor waiting Kelly, which by the way, take a hint, but Kelly is, is there and sees him and they're talking and it kind of seems like they're flirting. Yeah, it does. Like, I I don't know what's up there. I mean, it seems like there's just a lot of, there's a lot of sexual tension in this episode. Did they ever date? Cause I haven't watched I the show. I think so. I think they did like in the beginning of the show. Because... If I was casting this show for for couples, mm-hmm. like like let's say I don't know, young couples or married or whatever, you know what I mean? Like it was a totally different show. Let's say I was casting it; those are the two I would put together, and and uh, Brenda and and Dylan are the two I would put together. Based on personality, looks just based on looks. They look like a couple. Yeah, yeah, I can see that because I mean the one's darker and the one's lighter and. Yeah, they look like, they. those two groups look like couples. Yeah, that makes sense. So, Kelly always, through this whole episode, to me, looks pissed off, except for that scene. 
Yeah, she the she's making faces the entire time. Yeah, and I don't know why. I feel like I feel like I'm missing some inside like joke or, or some inside slight that I think she just I think she's just a bad person. <laughs> I don't think she's she doesn't seem to be very happy. She's not supportive of the Geraldo Rivera wanting to clean up the environment. She just, I don't know, she just seems down on everything. Like, she really absolutely does. everything. Yeah. She does not shine in this episode. No. No, I mean, she is annoying the hell out of me, honestly. And I usually like Kelly. Um, so, Dylan is trying to get Brenda's dad to invest in Geraldo Rivera. God, I should have written down his name. <laughs> in his company. He looks like Ronald Rivera. But he's not. With the glasses and that big, bushy mustache. Right. So, Dylan's trying to get the Walsh's dad to invest in his company so that they don't have to move to Arizona. Because the whole thing is he's having trouble getting investors that want to start a company in California. They say he's a CPA. At one point in this episode, they say he's a CPA. The dad. Yes. I don't know if the mom does anything or not. But do CPAs really make that much money? Yes. Okay, well, I guess in California, he's probably got some really rich clients yeah. or something. I mean, I'm sure they don't all make that much money, but Because they have they can. an enormous house in Beverly Hills in California. Right. That house is like a 2 or $3 million house. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, there's million-dollar houses in California that are like 800 square feet. So, I'm sure that this house is incredibly expensive. Yeah. I mean, and they obviously have a lot of money. Yeah, because they want them to invest. Right. So, so he sets up a brunch for them to, to do that. Now, while he's there talking to Dad, he sees Brenda in the kitchen. Yeah. I honest to God expected them to just go into, like, full-blown fucking on the kitchen table. I'm sorry. You thought that that was going to happen <laughs> on this television show on Fox, okay? No, but I mean... I mean the way they were looking at each other was insane. Like, yeah. She's like, I wanted to thank you properly. And it's like, you oh, know yeah, she what said, she means she said she I ne- that. She said, I never got to thank you properly. I did expect her to just drop out of frame down on her knees. Right? <laughs> Honestly, that is what I thought when she said that. And I mean, they're looking at each other like they just want to like eat each other. <laughs> right. Um, And then like they both say each other's name at the same time. It's like, just kiss. Just, you know you want to kiss. But... They she didn't. does kiss him. Well, yeah, but on the cheek. On the cheek, yeah. But she does that thing where she kisses him on the cheek and kind of brushes the rest of her face as she backs up. Yeah. Yeah, she was waiting for him to... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. So there's a lot of sexual tension happening in this episode, like I said. Now, everybody's telling Steve, see the play, see the play, see the play, stop being a douche. Basically, because they want everyone to get along. I mean, it really seems like that's all it is. They just want everyone to get along. I guess. I think it's kind of shitty. Like, if he doesn't want to see the play, he, he he went through a traumatizing event. He was dating this girl, and she almost killed herself in front of him. He shouldn't have to go see the damn play. I thought the traumatizing event you were talking about was when he went to the doctor to be changed from a human being into a human asshole. I don't care about Steve. Or what? <laughs> or, or what his traumatizing event was. Or anything like that. I don't care. Okay. And whether or not he sees the play, I don't care either. And I don't know why she does. I don't know why she's friends with him. He's Brandon's friend. Well, I think they're all friends, and they've been... You know, her and Brandon are twins, so they're in the same age group. They're going to have the same friends. And they've all been friends for, like, what, at least four years since they moved there? Sure. 
because we're in season four of the show. Where'd they move from? I don't know. Minnesota? The Midwest, I believe. I think they said Minnesota. Okay, well, that's the Midwest. I think they mentioned Minnesota at some point in this episode. So then um, Brandon busts into the chancellor's office, literally just can't take it anymore. Goes he, by the secretary. Yeah. Has made up his mind. Doesn't care what's happening. I'm talking to him. Tells him off. Says, mm-hmm. basically says, you know, I, I'm sorry you can't handle what your daughter is. Right. I had to be the one to tell you. But I'm sick of, you know, what you're doing to me and everything. And I'm not going to be a delegate and all this stuff. Yeah, it's insane. So, but then it turns out that he's like, why would you think you're not going? Of course you're going. I've just been busy. Hey. <laughs> yeah, he's like, and he's like, well, why wasn't my name in the in the book? And he goes, oh, it's a printing error. Which is why you didn't get your tickets. Right. And he's like, oh, I've just been really busy. And he's like, oh, you're my point man. You're the, you know, you're going to be the lead on this. And, and, you know, I think that, you know, what you did with my daughter was great. Someone should have put her in her place. It seems very, the it was very manipulative. Yeah. The way they wrote this. Because first of all, they set it up in the last episode with her saying that. And apparently she's just completely wrong, I she's guess. She's just a bitch. <laughs> and... Then this episode, it's like he could have just stopped at any point and said, "Hey, I'll make a little time to meet with you." He doesn't have a, he doesn't have five minutes throughout the day for his point man on this really important thing, right? To meet with him for a second when he wants to, when he's been wanting to meet all week, and when he's apparently going out of town like the next day or something. I mean, yeah. by the end of the episode, he's leaving. Yeah, if he hadn't actually, if he hadn't been assertive enough to say, "I want to talk to him." Then he just wouldn't have gone, and would this whole thing have fallen through? Right. I mean, this is, yeah, it's crazy. So it's a little ridiculous not to at least have a phone conversation. Like when you get off of work, just call up. Because they've been they've been meeting every episode <laughs> up until this point. Just call him up on the phone and be, hey, Brandon, what do you want to talk to me about? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't, it doesn't make sense. So, okay, now Dylan and Kelly... This seems to almost come out of nowhere. I mean, I know she had her little flirting with Brandon, and he had his little flirting with Brenda, but I didn't see major issues necessarily to the point that they would say it out loud, but she's like, what's going on with us? If you take sex out of the relationship, we don't even have a relationship. Right. And That's a lot of high school relationships. Yeah, but they're not in high school. That's true. So then they're talking about, like, Maybe we can just forget everything that happened and and try to work through it. That's what Dylan says. Yeah. Forget what, though? I mean, I I don't get it. I assume they mean the stuff with Brenda and the play and all that stuff and her bitchiness. I don't know. I mean, it didn't seem like they were having that many fights. I mean, I guess we have commented they didn't seem like they had a great relationship a few times, but it seemed more like we as an audience know they don't have a great relationship. It didn't seem like they knew. Yeah, that's true. So they broke up. They end up breaking up. Yeah, because he says something about they they agree that they're going to to work it out, mm-hmm. and then he says something about the investments in this dude that's going to save the environment, and she just makes a face, and then he says, "Well, what what did I say?" And then they start talking, and he says, "You know, you've been resentful of." Of the step of the mom and, and this... Anything that takes my attention from you. Right. Yeah. So they break up. Yeah. Well, I mean, they should have, and I'm glad they did, frankly. Yeah, me too. 
And Let's then, see how long it lasts, but yeah. Yeah, and then Steve and Brenda make up because he comes to see her play. Right. So the only other thing is the side story with um, Donna and David. Yeah. I, I really was gonna don't s- care about I that. I was going to say, I, I thought you were going to be done, and I was going to say, oh, you, you missed one of the stories. Did you not write anything down about it? I because did. it's the most uninteresting per- character in the uh, entire show. I really did. And this was another one with the sexual tension. For a brief second. But it it seemed flirty when he met this girl at the studio that Donna's working at, and she invited him. Hey, that's okay, though, right? What? That he was flirty with her. No. That's real life. The internet is not real life. You know, when you're typing on the internet, you're still in real life, right? You're not transporting yourself to some magical world. Maybe I am. That is... What are you talking about? (laughs) I could be a unicorn lady and you would have no idea. What? (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) I like to play role-playing games online. But you're still real. It's still really you. I'm playing a character. Oh, okay. So, if you flirt in character, it's okay? Well, yeah, it's like being in a play. Okay. I'll kind of agree with that. But not if you're being yourself just over chat. But how do I even know they're being themselves? It doesn't matter. Everyone you're being be, yourself. But everyone can be putting on a character. None of it's real. This is this is the most ridiculous conversation I've ever had in my life. Anyway, she invites David to jam. Jam, <laughs> yeah. jam with the band. And she's like, it's my job to find the next big thing and, like, all this other flirty bullshit. But Donna comes to the jam session. Correct. So, I mean, it's obviously there's nothing actually happening here with him and this girl. But while he's jamming, the girls talk, and Donna agrees that he will perform as the opening act with these guys for this baby face concert she's setting up. Right, hip-hop. Yeah, they they go into uh, the studio where... Where, what's her name? Not Shannon Doherty, the other one. Tori Spelling. Yeah. Where Tori Spelling works. Donna. And they say, oh, it's Hip Hop Central or something <laughs> like that. So it's it's Hip Hop Central filled with white people. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, so what's what's really weird to me about the whole thing, though, is she agreed for him that he would do this. And, right. Like, they're not even engaged. Like, they're not married. So if She's they were, not his mom. So if they were engaged, she could just dictate no, his life. No, but I'm saying it's it's just more absurd because they're not at that big of a level of commitment in their relationship right. either. But, they're um, not even having sex. Right? As we learned in the last episode. But it turns out, I guess he had some kind of drug problem and was involved with some dude named Howard, and they all know each other from this time in his life, and, and he's like, no, I'm not going to keep... You know, hanging out with these guys because he says he's got a gram of orange juice. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. I assume that they're talking about cocaine because you know grams, but orange juice that that doesn't. I mean, wait, is it LSD? Is that one of the things? LSD is not sold by the gram. No, but orange juice. You take orange juice with it. You can to but... like increase the effects. No, it doesn't increase the effects. Oh. But you you can, but I, I I haven't really heard of that much. But all right, drug people. <laughs> if, if you drug know, addicts out there, what that it have means a hold of this tape <laughs> to 
have a gram of orange juice, let us know. Yeah, because cocaine is not orange. It is not. There, there's, there's an O in the word cocaine, but no J. So I'm not sure. Is it referring to O.J. Simpson? How fast and powerful of a running back he was? <laughs> and it'll make you feel like O.J. Simpson? That you could run like him? God, I, I fucking love O.J. Simpson. What a great uh, running back. No, no sports. Stop. Well, he was he's an actor, too. Naked Gun. Remember, we saw the Naked Fine, Gun. talk movie. about him being he, an actor. Okay, well, I think he's going to be a big star. How about that? He's funny. You don't, though. He, what do you mean, I don't? Well, you're just talking about how great of, an act, of a sports guy he is. So what? He was a great sports guy, but now he's retired. And now he's an actor. Okay. Terrible in Monday Night Football. Great in the Naked Gun movies. Funny guy. Okay. I don't think that his name should be sullied by being associated with cocaine, if that's what they're doing. <laughs> Well, we don't know, but it's some kind of drugs, and, and good for David. He stands up for himself and says he's not doing it because he doesn't want to be around that. Yeah, you know what's really stupid, though, hmm. is he still could have played with that band and just said, oh, I'm not into drugs anymore, guys. I don't need to do drugs to play keyboard in your band. <laughs> right. So I don't know why he didn't just do that. Well, maybe it would be hard for him to be around it. Maybe he misses it. Maybe, you know, he would feel like he wanted to do it if he saw them doing it. Maybe, I guess. I don't know. Too much of a temptation. Right. They're going to be doing it on stage. <laughs> They're going to be drinking orange juice on stage or whatever the hell this well, is. Don't you think they'd have to practice? I mean, they were talking about picking songs and stuff, and they, he'd have to spend some serious time with these guys. I suppose. So, yeah, he'd probably be around them when they were doing drugs at some point. Well, he has the stupidest haircut and the blandest storyline of any character in yeah. this show. I honestly wish that him and Donna just weren't even on here. We could make it a half-hour show. Yes. Just take them out. Well, that was our that was our episode of nine hundred two one zero. 